Hi, this is Pastor Tom. Welcome back to day four, week six of our look at the book of Isaiah. We started yesterday a look at Isaiah chapter 49, God's power to restore. If you want to be comforted in your life, you've got to let God restore things many times in your life. And yesterday we, we began by looking at the truth that restoration begins with God's timing, God's power, God's word. As we continue through this chapter, Isaiah next gives some pictures of restoration. What, what does restoration look like? I know what it looks like to restore a table. I enjoy it when they restore an old house or I get to be a part of that. But what does the restoration of a person look like? How do you picture it? Let me give you three pictures or reflect with you three on three pictures that Isaiah gives us about what happens when your faith is restored. As we talk about restoration, by the way, you might need a major restoration. I mean, really, you look at your faith, it's dilapidated right now. I mean, it feels like nobody could live there. That might be where you are, or it might be that you need a minor restoration. And we all need those constantly through our lives. Even in a house that's well taken care of, you get these nicks, you get this thing that needs to be painted, you get these little scars because you're living in the house. So you need a minor restoration. God wants to do that in your life too. What's it going to look like as God does that? Three pictures. First is the picture of abundance. Isaiah 49, 9. Say to the captives, come out. Those in darkness, be free. They will feed beside the roads. They'll find pasture on every barren hill. This feeding beside the roads. You're just walking down the road. There's food there. No one had to work for it. There's just abundance. So they would never hunger. They would never thirst. And every barren hill, all of a sudden there's pasture there. This is a picture of restoration. For you and I, to be restored is to have a new sense of living the abundance that Jesus Christ wants to give into your life, the spiritual abundance, the abundance of a relationship with him, the abundance of his promises in your life, the abundance of the blessings that he wants to give through your life. If you're living without this sense of abundance in your life as a follower of Christ, you need a restoration. And if you're living without this sense of abundance, God can give you restoration because it's his promise. Jesus says, I've come to give life and to give it more abundantly. He wants to give you a life that's connected to him and that's fruitful for him. That's abundance. That's a picture of restoration. A second picture of restoration is guidance. Verse 10, they will neither hunger nor thirst, nor will the desert heat or the sun beat upon them. He who has compassion on them will guide them and will lead them beside springs of water. I love this picture. He who has compassion will guide. He will lead to the springs of water. He'll lead them right to where they need to be. God would be guiding them. He'd turn mountains into roads. There'd be a new sense of ease in the direction that life was taking them. And God wants to do this in your life too, to give you guidance to turn in your life the seeming mountains into roads. He shows you the way through to give you a sense of ease when you thought there was no way you were going to make it. When restoration happens, you have a renewed sense of, you've got this renewed confidence in God leading in your life. And you also have a renewed willingness to follow his leading in your life. Now, the truth of the matter is the renewed confidence begins with a renewed willingness to follow. It always starts with faith. God, I'm willing to follow you, whatever you say. Then God will give you confidence in his guidance in your life. And he restores this sense of his guidance in your daily life. That's that's this sense of restoration. Now, there's a third picture of the kind of restoration that God wants to work in our lives in these verses. 
and it's the picture of joy, just genuine daily joy. Isaiah 49, verse 13, shout for joy, O heavens. Rejoice, O earth. Burst into song, O mountains. For the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones. Now, just look at the beautiful expression of where joy comes from in this time of restoration in our lives. The Lord comforts his people. You don't try to find comfort in the things of this world. You don't try to find comfort in the things that you can build. You realize your comfort's going to come from God, and that's where joy comes from. And then the Lord has compassion on his people. When you're hurt, you don't run somewhere else to find compassion. You run to the Lord. And out of running to him, you find joy in your life because you realize he can handle it. He can carry you through it to a different place in your life. Now, all these wonderful pictures, this picture of of joy and of God's guidance, God's abundance in our lives, you might wonder, this just sounds too good to be true. Sometimes we can get in a rut so long that we just can't see our way out. So, so our minds, they get filled with doubts when somebody talks about real hope of restoration in our lives because maybe we've tried before. So we've got doubts. These are the problems with restoration, and the Lord directly addresses some of those doubts, maybe some of your doubts, through Isaiah in these verses. One of the problems is the feeling, but I feel forgotten. Oh, sure, God's going to restore me. God's forgotten me. Isaiah 49, 14 to 16. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child that she's born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. When we go through tough times in our lives, whether it's because of some choices we've made or other people have made, when we go through times of barrenness in our lives, they make us feel like God has forgotten us. And it's so important to remember that although sometimes we might have to face God's discipline, although sometimes we might get caught up in the barrenness that comes from the sin of others, sometimes we go through emotional deserts, that the Lord never forgets you. In fact, God says three things to Israel here that you and I need to hear. They remind us of the truths that make us secure in the, in the fact that God will never forget us. First, he says, can a mother forget the baby at her breast, have no compassion on the child that she's born? He says, even if she could do that, I won't forget you. That's how powerfully God has decided he's never going to forget you. He will never forget you. He will always have compassion on you. God is your father, so don't forget that. Because he's your father, you can recognize he's not going to forget you, but you can also see here, a second truth, that he's going to have daily compassion on you. And then there's this truth in verse 16. See, I've engraved you on the palms of my hands. Now, in the original meaning, in in this time, it was the idea of never forgetting somebody, remembering somebody through a sort of a tattoo on your hands. But on the other side of the cross... As we look back to what Jesus did for us, it's not too hard to see a deeper meaning here. Jesus' love for you is engraved on the palms of his hands in the nail prints that are there. He cannot forget us. He cannot forget you because every time he looks at his resurrected hands, he sees the nail prints that declare his eternal forgiveness, eternal love for you. Jesus is your Savior. That's what you hang on to. He'll never forget you. 
Another problem that people face is they wonder, could, could I be restored? Is they have this feeling, but I've faced failure so often in my life. I've even tried to be restored before, only to fall back to where I am. God reminds them here to look beyond their failure. They, they, they had had children in that desolate land that they were in. God was working in their lives even during those times of difficulty. Children who would someday live in the promised land. So verse 21 and 22 then you will say in your heart, who bore me these? I was bereaved and barren. I was exiled and rejected. But then looking at these children who were born in the, in the, promise, in the, in the exiled land, they say, who brought these up? I was left all alone. But these, where have they come from? This is what the sovereign Lord says. See, I will beckon to the Gentiles. I will lift up my banner to the peoples. They will bring your sons in their arms and carry your daughters on their shoulders failure. When we face failure in our lives, it's a horrific thing to face. And it is easy to come to believe that the failure that you've faced leaves you entirely without a future. Like the people of Israel here, exiled, rejected, no future. But he's reminding them here, even in that place where you thought there was no future, God was working. He was preparing for your future. Your identity is in being a child of God. The end of your story is not going to be failure because you're God's child. Your identity is not in the failures that you've had, as great as those might have been. As a follower of Christ, your identity is in being a child of God. That is your future. That's what you hang on to, to let God restore you. A third problem that we face with the restoration that God might want to work, they faced it, is this feeling, but I'm just so tired. I'm not sure I want to be restored. I'm just sort of worn out inside. In verse 23, kings will be your foster fathers and their queens your nursing mothers. They will bow down before you with their faces to the ground. They will lick the dust at your feet and then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who hope in me will not be disappointed. If you feel like I don't have the strength to be restored, you're just so tired. Restoration, I want to remind you, was a surprise for Israel. They felt worn out. They felt like there was no way out. But God provided. He provided kings and queens to serve them. And God will provide what you need in this restoration. It's not all dependent on you. It is dependent on God. And when you see God do it, then you will know that those who hope in the Lord will not be disappointed. Your answer for weariness is to hope in the Lord. Not to try harder, but to hope in the Lord. Because those who hope in the Lord, the promise is true you will not be disappointed. Father, as we pray, we remind ourselves that there is no disappointment in you. Oh, there's disappointment in this world. There's disappointment in our circumstances and our relationships. There's even disappointment in ourselves. But you will never disappoint us. And so we hang on to you right now. You are the one who restores. So God, whether it's the daily restoration of our faith that we all need as we're worn down by the dailiness of life, or whether it's a restoration that's been a long time coming, we need to make a U-turn, entirely turn around in our lives. Restore us, we pray. By your power, restore us. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Tomorrow we're going to end this week by looking at four confessions of strong believers. Music. 